afternoon, good evening, America, and welcome to another edition of the Sea Report. I'm your host, Mr. C, coming to you live on this fair Friday, otherwise known as June 11th, 2021. And yes, the month of June is moving steadily along, and it will be over sooner than you think. And we'll have uh, the 4th of July at our door, and then that's pretty much it for the year. We're done, right? <laughs> okay, so we'll see what else is coming up as this uh, summertime moves along steadily. What surprises could we possibly have in store for America and the world? Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We've been patient long enough. I think we can be patient just a little bit longer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys are having a fantastic Friday. I know I am we got a pretty good show coming up ahead for you today. Uh, we'll touch a little bit on some election audit updates, most specifically centering around Arizona. And then we're going to do a bit of a secret government slash military operations special. We're going to talk about two in particular. Uh, one that is for the bad guys, at least in my opinion, and then one that is most definitely for the good guys. One that uh, maybe some of us may not have known about has been out there circulating in the interwebs, though, for at least a year. So surprise, surprise, no one's heard about it yet. Um, but also, if you guys wonder why Mr. C's an everlasting eternal optimist, well, it's because of the information I'm going to share with you guys tonight that will maybe shed a little bit of light on the reason why I feel the way I do about uh, the way that this country is going, as well as the uh, hope of restoration in either the Trump administration or a pro-America, America first administration coming to you guys probably sooner than you think. All right, ladies and gentlemen, but before we get things underway and before I promise more than I can keep, let's go ahead and do a quick chat recap from yesterday's show. We had a pretty good show yesterday. A lot of information coming out uh, from the uh, governor's gone bad all the ways up through the updates in our election audit. Just a lot of stuff to think about. A lot of stuff to mull over, and actually, in my opinion, a lot of it being good news. Now, today, we have some outstanding news. If some of you all have not heard about some of the developments over in Arizona, well, we're going to knock your socks off this Friday evening. What a great way to start off the weekend, guys, and I'm so appreciative that you are starting it off here with myself, Mr. C, at the Sea Report. And uh, let's see, we're, oh, before I get underway, also, we are live on the Foxhole, the Twitch, and Trovo. So to any of you all watching out there, welcome, 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 and thanks for joining us. Okay. All right, so we have, um, we have, as it should happen to be, uh, Joy for Trump has been first in house, at least for the last, what, three to four episodes, Joy for Trump. Uh, first one to get into the chat. How you doing, Joy for Trump? Good to see you out there, as well as always in Texas. Guess what, guess what, guess what, always says. Okay, always. Now, before we get into today's chat recap, I'm kind of thinking, I'm kind of thinking, are, um, are, are you expecting, ma'am? Because if you are, a big heartfelt congratulations from the C family and the C report. Um, I just, you know, I'm kind of like uh, reading in between the lines from the chat recaps I've been doing the last couple of days. So uh, most definitely. And if it's not yours that you're expecting, but maybe a family member, congratulations either way. It's always great to see our uh, awesome human family grow as well as the Patriot family. Uh, so that's always a beautiful thing. I, sh I had to say it. Uh, I hope, I, I mean, it was in the chat, so I don't think I'm overstepping any boundaries by any means, but most definitely very excited for you. And yes, Joy for Trump, 
we're going to knock your socks off today. I think, I think maybe at least one of your socks might get knocked off today. <laughs> and if you lose both of them, well, hey, it happens to the best of us. All right. So let's see what else we got here. Uh, you know, Joy for Trump and always, you guys seem to be the first two. Oh, congratulations. It's a grandbaby, a grandson. Most, most definitely. Congratulations. Joy for Trump. A uh, joy for Trump. I'm joyful for you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> always in Texas. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations on the new addition to the family. Um, I have to ask, is this your first grandbaby or, you know, are you an experienced pro or what? We're very excited for you right now here. Oh, that just, that just does me some good. What a great way to start off the C-Report this Friday evening. Like I said, a great way to start off the weekend, and you guys are doing it here with me here at the Sea Report. And now, uh, everybody, everybody in the chat room, make sure you pass along those congratulations, that love, over to Always in Texas, one of our Always listeners, one of the uh, the repeat offenders here at the Sea Report. Very, very happy for you, ma'am, and uh, I wish your grandbaby well. You had a, a bouncing baby boy, it sounds like. So that's that's excellent. Most congratulations to you. My hat goes off to you, ma'am, and your family. All right. We also had a posse for hope uh, in the house yesterday. Good evening. Curious cat. Uh, joy for Trump with the shades gift. Thank you much. Deep Patriot 1776. Let me make, you know what? I, am I reading the right one? Okay. Yes, I am reading the one. Tracy, uh, Tracy says, hello. Let me make sure I'm reading the right one. I feel like I've already been here before. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, goodness. I am not reading the right one. Let me, <laughs> let me pull up the right one, guys. Okay. Uh, what am I doing with all my C? You see, I keep very extensive notes on all of the shows that I do because I don't want to give you all misinformation. All right. And I had yesterday still open. Okay. Where are my notes? Ooh, Lordy. Don't tell me I did not transfer them over. Okay, just give me one minute while I have a Mr. C conniption fit real quick while I try and figure out where my notes are from yesterday. Uh, let me see here. I guess I didn't transfer them over. Your first grandbaby always in Texas. Congratulations. Congratulations. I know my mom, uh, she's, she's wanted a grandbaby, but uh, doesn't seem like it's going to be in the cards. <laughs> Don't ask me why. Okay, all right, here we go. Now we got yesterday's chat recap. I got it up and ready. Uh, let's see. Again, Joy for Trump, first in the house, followed by Always in Texas. That's number one and two. Of course, I don't number you guys by any means. Y'all are all number one in my heart. Um, we also had Blonde Blue Lady Q. Howdy, howdy. Joy for Trump with that shades gift. Thank you so much. Um, looking up. Hello, everyone. And hello, looking up. Uh, Just V was in the house. Hey, Mr. C, great to see you. Another meeting tonight. So I can only stay about 30 minutes. Then I can listen while I'm driving. Yes, Just V. I'm sure she wouldn't mind me mentioning, is uh, is currently in attendance for uh, the Newsom recall over in California. Uh, I guess they have um, a breakout group, maybe, or maybe a, um, a group in her area, the neck of the woods, who are meeting up to uh, figure that out. Now, it's uh, a lot of the a lot of people seem to be getting recalled over in California. Um, I know they had what uh, a mayor of or a mayor of one of the towns who's being recalled, Gavin 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 Governor Newsom. <laughs> He 
he's also on the chopping block. And now they're calling for, I think, a city council member. Uh, was it District 4, maybe? Um, who's uh, being recalled only six months into her tourney there, uh, which is quite interesting. Apparently, she was too progressive and too socialist even by California standards. That's pretty interesting if you ask me, but that just goes to show they got a pretty thick swamp over there in California, but the people of California are standing up because after all, celebrities and gay people are not going to get involved in politics. They don't give a damn unless there's a red carpet or a popper party. That's the only way you're going to get them out there. All right, but uh, everyone else is red-blooded in California. If uh, if my viewership is any evidence of that, I could say for a fact. Mitradate was in the house. What's it going on, Mitradate? Uh, you know, <laughs> talk about trash politics. No one wants to talk about Jeffrey Tubin, Mr. Mr. Mitradate. But thank you for bringing that happy memory up. Uh, it was always a fun time making fun of Tubin back at Q and A. Uh, Tam Gural was in the house as well as Shepherding Shepherd. Uh, happy D. DJT birth week. You know what, Shepherding Shepherd, whenever it's my birthday, it's I celebrate all week long. Now, back in the day when I could handle it, I would celebrate all month long, but I guess that was a little excessive after a while and, you know, a little selfish. But uh, yeah, happy birth week and uh, merry, merry unbirthday to everyone else. So uh, yeah, you probably guys already heard the announcement. We will roll some beautiful bean footage later on of Dr. Kelly Ward indeed confirming that they most likely will be done by June 14th over there in Arizona, which is President Trump's birthday. Is this a gift unto Trump from the American people or from the people of Arizona? I'd say from the people of Arizona. Arizona, props to you. You got one on the rest of us American people. Delivering President Trump a dandy old gift of, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, election fraud proof and an, uh, a, a, an, a forensic audit that just is uh, beyond any. You know, um, the gold standard in audits, they say, is Arizona. And, you know, we know Americans like the gold standard. You know, we want to go back to that gold backed or, you know, <laughs> anything that's commodity based, please. Anything is better than thin air. All right. We're not going to get too heavy into that topic today. Uh, but let's go ahead and continue with our chat recap. Uh, let's see. Um, okay, yeah, always in Texas. And Tam Grell, you are completely... Oh, <laughs> y'all are talking about being tardy. It's okay, guys. I don't mark tardies here at the Sea Report. <laughs> I'm just happy to have y'all here in spirit, honestly. And if you're here uh, in body, well, that's even better. But, you know, I mean, as everything is kind of the interwebs, uh, you know, energy, uh, you know, we are always together in spirit and uh, more so connecting whenever we're doing live programs like this. That's why I'm glad to have you guys along, but I also bless the replays because Lord knows there's so much stuff out there to take in and to watch. Uh, I don't blame anyone for fox hopping or otherwise. Uh, let's see here. Always in Texas. Uh, let's see. We got, uh, oh, we, we were talking about the grandbaby again. Hope he, I hope he is healthy and I'm sure he's a beautiful little boy. Filter Dog says, Transmogra... <laughs> it's that word I made up yesterday. Transmo uh, transmogrification. <laughs> I, I got a kick out of that when I read that. Transmogrification is a Calvin and Hobbes word. Did I say that right? I could never figure out if it was Hobbes or Hobes. Uh, don't kill me, but I used to love reading those when I was in, in uh, a school as well. Um, and then, of course, we had... Uh, <laughs> who was that? Was that Always in Texas who said, thank you for knowing what that was? Calvin and Hobbes? Um, let's see here. 
Uh, Pilled by the Rabbit was in the house. Hello, Pilled by the Rabbit. Glad to I'm loving seeing these repeat offenders here at the Sea Report. I love it when you guys come back. You guys make me feel good. Uh, you guys make this program meaningful. Let me tell you what. This show is much more meaningful with your beautiful faces uh, out there. Uh, I guess I got into kind of preacher mode yesterday because Tam Garal was telling me to preach it. <laughs> and then we had 17 angels in the house. Tiny Woman 52 says, vaccines exposed the eugenics to normies. It had to go through vaccines. He did it quickly and placed Fauci accordingly. Yes, you know, and this is the type of reasoning that I always like to look for because, uh, you know, you know, the old saying is Americans have to be shown. They can't be told. I know I'm like that. I'm like, don't tell me what to do, <laughs> but I'll, I'll gladly watch, you know. Uh, but, but I mean, that's an angle, actually, I had not thought about as much as I think about, you know, um, pushing the vaccine. So this way, uh, you know, he won't get any pushback politically from the world, you know, or, or any of the lefties and the progressives. So uh, that's one thing to it. But, you know, you know, if we start seeing all these people dying... And, uh, and we are, you know, we are. And then what's the, what's the latest thing that's really coming up with these vaccines aside from the Fauci emails, right? Uh, we have the, inf the inflamed and the enlarged hearts that are happening in the children and it's happening more and more and more. Uh, so a lot of this, I mean, we'll see, we'll see, uh, tiny woman 52. If you're, if you're in the house, uh, we'll see if, if they can actually tie what Fauci has done and the Nuremberg type, Nuremberg type stuff to eugenics. Now, how do we bridge that gap, right? How do we bridge the gap? And I guess that would have to do more so with intent and uh, maybe through the email leak that we have with Anthony Fauci, or Tony, as he likes to be called, maybe through that we will see intent because he repeatedly just um, um, overlooked or he dismissed all of the concerns and the information that was being given to him by the scientists, by the health professionals, by those who knew a thing or two about vaccines and how they worked, and even those who had decoded the genetic structure of the coronavirus and found things like HIV um, insertions and different types of items, uh, even down to this spike protein, which is in fact the thing that is... Uh, quite possibly what people are shedding, uh, because now that people who have this mRNA shot are uh, basically COVID factories, they're creating these spike proteins, perhaps that's what they're shedding, you know, like, uh, who knows, maybe you'll find spike proteins in your blood or spike proteins in your excretions. Um, gross as that sounds, uh, it's very quite possible that that's what that is. Um, okay, so let's see what else we got here. Filter Dog 1, um, <laughs> a big reader. So yeah, that was in, in regards to the Calvin and Hobbes. And then we have a curious cat who was, uh, who was uh, hiding in the shadows but came up to say hello. Hello, curious cat. Always good to have you with us. Uh, let's see. Uh, we had some talk about uh, Just V saying, talking about The Dead Zone Season 2 has an, uh, an episode that is an absolute unveiling of what is happening today. And uh, yes, that's, uh, that goes over to, you know, uh, how a lot of these things that they present to us in the media, whether it is by 
by movie or by wrap-up smear campaigns. Uh, it's just to get the people thinking about possibilities. Uh, what do they call that? Uh, projecting the future. There's another word for it. There's another phrase for. There's another. There's another what? Another um uh, um another uh, initiated phrase for that, right? Uh, wherever they're doing that type of thing, and uh, I mean, it's basically what that is. Let's see what we got going on over here. We need a pro-life person in my debate. Oh, okay. Hey, what's going on over there? We got some people watching at Twitch. How you doing? We're just doing our chat recap. Now, I know you guys don't know what this is that we're doing right now because you're not over on the Foxhole app. Now, if you were over on the Foxhole app, then you would know that we do a chat recap. So I just thought I'd let you know. Um, I don't know. I don't buy followers. <laughs> you can go ahead and see yourself out of my room, please. Thank you for the boost in the hit counts, but I don't need that. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Uh, Tam Growl. What if Antifa and the deep state military are training all those youths coming in? That's a good question. That's something we don't know. All we know is that they're warehousing all of these immigrant children, right, in their warehouses for later use. But, I mean, you never know. Uh, they could eventually, you know, because they do document these people where they go. They keep a record of where they are. I mean, because, of course, they're going to want a future voting block. Uh, and that's what they'll need that for. They'll be like, hey, we let you into the state. Hey, we allowed you to come into our country. So now vote for Biden or whomever it is that they're using as their puppet at that time. Uh, but that's most definitely something that's that's an interesting thought to consider. You never know. You never know. Absolutely never know. Uh, just uh, Pilled by the Rabbit says, I watched that series. I can't remember hardly anything, but I'm highly affected by the Mandela effect. Uh, yes, the Mandela effect. I have a theory about the Mandela effect. Actually, I have two theories. I won't be long on this because we have a, a long show to give you guys. But uh, one theory is that, um, you know, our timelines are condensing or consolidating is really what I like to say. And as they consolidate from one timeline to another, you know, uh, however many that they are, uh, the light, the slight differences bleed into each other. And then in the current reality that you can perceive as one timeline, that's where you get those differences. The other theory that I have about the Mandela effect is that currently in this year, and maybe for the last five to 10 years, in some reality, or perhaps in this one, time traveling is, you know, an actual thing that people do. And, uh, and in doing so, they've kind of messed up the timeline. I don't know. Yeah, you know, we don't we don't deal too much in those ideas here at the C report. But if you come around to well, hello, Mr. C or Mr. C in the dark, sometimes we will talk about such topics. I don't refrain from talking about those things but at the sea report we just don't have time to focus on little green men or time traveling or the mandela effect but it's always fun to talk about i used to love to listen to coast to coast am i was an avid listener and i have nothing against people who speak about aliens and stuff like that uh, especially if the program that they do is geared towards that like if they are geared towards space the final frontier or talking about ufos and i feel like listening to that you know i will most definitely enjoy those type of shows however if it's like a news oriented show like this one or like more importantly like the ones that you hear on the mainstream media the cnn the Foxes, the OANs, the Newsmaxes, the MSNBCs, those are news broadcasts. So why are they wasting their time talking about aliens and stuff like that? I'm not talking about the content creators on the internet. I'm talking about the, the, the supposed bigwigs. So just a little bit of clarification. 
you know, just a little bit of clarification, because quite often, quite often my words get misconstrued by, um, I'm not going to finish that sentence. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and keep on carrying on. Uh, let's see here. Um, where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, just V, uh, Tem Growl, uh, oh, uh, what if we are all experiencing our judgment, our life reviews? Because oh, we're getting into so many topics that I would like to talk about. And so, the life reviews. Tam Growl, where are you coming from, girl? Okay, so, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thought. Like, if we're all, so is that like to say, like, we're all experiencing our own personal judgment days, or we're all experiencing our own personal life reviews? And if that's the case, how are we all wrapped up into our life review? That's interesting, right? That's an interesting thought. Uh, it kind of makes me think of that movie, The Others. Now, I hardly remember that film. I just remember that at the end, they were all dead, you know? <laughs> but, um, but you know, I know a thing or two about life reviews and, and, and that kind of thing. Would you think that we are in heaven? or hell or in purgatory do some of y'all even believe in that now i know a lot of my audience does but when we're talking about life reviews that's like kind of a different level of the afterlife so that's that's interesting conversation there if you ask me something i'd like to do sometime around all right let's see what else do we got here um ta -dum, ta -dum, ta -dum. blue lady blue blonde blue lady q i'm wondering if hcq or ivermectin could help people who took the jab i pray so that's another good question you know like uh, but you know as for the mrna vaccines and again i am no scientist i am no doctor i can only go based off the things that i have read and my understanding of different analysis but the M mrnas you know that's gene modification you know it modifies your body's cellular structure to where your body now has the instructions on how to create these spike proteins of covid-19 so to me it sounds like ivermectin and stuff like that might not be too helpful um uh, hydroxychloroquine now i mean that's not to say that it's not hopeless um but who knows i mean perhaps they'll release uh, some new type of antidote maybe a genetic antidote that will undo everything that has been done to damage these, um, say for those who may have passed on or who have suffered uh, irreparable damage from said diseases, but we will have to wait and see. Again, this is a, um, this is a, a war game, unfortunately, that's a whole lot deeper than any of us out here um, are, are privy to knowledge about what is actually what and what's going on. You know, it's like I always say, because sometimes I think that even though I, I mean, I'm just a news analyst, obviously, I don't, you know, I'm not a journalist, I'm a news analyst, like, uh, sometimes I think for the information that I break here, and again, the information I share is all based on a gut feeling, it's all based on my discernment, and, you know, over a decade of following headlines, and, uh, and being aware, and being awake, and following politicians, and just, you know, being a cognizant of that world, you know, um, I, I kind of think with some of the information that I present, that if I know about it, if I'm sharing this with you guys, you know, people higher up have to know about it. And, and just to the point that one of, uh, one of our listeners, um, had said, you know, well, if, if, if we know about all the damage that these vaccines do, if we know about how fake this, uh, pandemic was, even though COVID was a real manufactured disease, you know, then they have to know. And if they know, then why do they keep pushing the vaccine? So there's gotta be another step ahead that we're not seeing 
seeing, at least that's what I would say, based on everything that I observed with the Trump administration, they were always, you know, four or five, six steps ahead of their enemies, of the adversaries, of the swamp, of the treasonous SOBs. So that's where I also take faith. I don't think that they would have released the country and been forced out. Some people say that Trump was forced out of office. I mean, get real. Stop being such a pessimist. Pick up your Bible and pray. Because, I mean, you say you pray, but then you say things like that. I don't know. Um, so anyways, so all I'm trying to say is, you know, for them to, I, I mean, I say that he stepped down, stepped back willingly. Because, you know, looking at the long game, you have a possible threat of a civil revolution and mass kinetic war if Trump had stayed in office after the coup happened with the support of the media broadcasting machine. Like there was no way in heck that there would have not been a kinetic war if Trump had stayed in office, if Myanmar had happened here, and you had the media, including Fox, including Fox, sell us out the way that they did. It would have been bloody. It would have been deadly. And so I honestly think that he stepped back. I don't think he was forced out of office. Don't forget, you always look strongest or you always look weakest when you're strong or you're always strongest when you look weak. Now, how weak do you think President Trump looked when he backed out of office? I'm sure he looked pretty damn weak to some of you weak-minded people out there. But he was probably stronger than he had ever been because he was taking that sacrifice and he was stepping down. Now, do I sound like a Trump fanboy? Maybe I do. I don't care. You know, like I have faith in the country that I'm in. I have faith in the administration. For the first time, you know, I spent over 10 years on the other side of the line, anti-establishment, fighting against Bush, fighting against Obama, you know, and then what? Flipped around when Trump got into office. Now, that was a weird experience. Let me tell you what. But from my own personal analysis and observations of the last 15 years or so, we are closer than we've ever been. And I hope at the tail end of today's presentation, I can offer you a little bit of that hope as well. And I don't think it's hopium, but I don't know. You guys can classify it however you want. But again, this is going to go into those secret government and military operations. We're going to show you one of the bad guys and we're going to show you one of the good guys. And uh, well, we'll let you guys decide for yourself how that makes you feel about where we are today. Okay, going back into our chat recap. Joy for Trump loves Vernon Jones. Yes, I do too. I feel bad for you that you have uh, Cuomo. All right, joy for Trump. You know, prayers to you, my friend. Prayers to you. Speak Uneasy was in the house. Hello, Speak Uneasy. We had Bodina. Uh, is this intro? Oh, <laughs> that's where you guys were asking if the interview was, uh, was in front of a green screen or if it was actually being held at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum there. And that was funny. That was funny. I like that. Um, you know, hey, hey, it, it is the job of patriots to be mildly paranoid and to question everything. So I do not blame you guys for asking that question. How many times have we seen people in front of a green screen before, you know? Uh, anyways, okay. Uh, let's see what else that we have. Uh, let's see. Stacey Abrams, not worth the mention. Uh, uh, Vernon Jones going to the border. Now, we're not going to cover that today, but uh, he did have an interview um, where he talked about the border and, and you know, kind of trashed Kamala a little bit. And we, ah, Kamala did so bad. Like, she looks so 
week, especially with the president of Guatemala. Like, the president of Guatemala, dang, boy. Like, he's just like, who are you? Like, I mean, he just, he was just handing her all ki kinds of sideways like that president was. Uh, let's see, we had Just V gifting a can. Thank you so much. We had uh, 17 Angels with the cookie. And again, Mr. Napkinator in the house with some shades. Uh, yes, we are winning. We're winning, winning, winning. Don't you guys forget it, okay? All right, let's see here. <laughs> Where are we at? Uh, GOP demanding the emails from Fauci to Zuckerberg about COVID-2. Stay tuned. Tam Grau, that's some good intel there. We'll have to follow up with that. Uh, Secretary of State, Snakes? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the governors and the Secretary of Snakes, those were the ones, guys, that were infiltrated most heavily. And they're the ones that were very, well, I mean, the governors with what they have, what, critical race theory and all this other crap they're trying to shove down people's throats. As well shutting everyone down for covid and then we all know how china was involved in covid so obviously this all goes together but then you have the secretary of snakes who were the ones who were most uh, useful in implementing the fraud that happened in the 2020 election well yeah that, i mean that kind of just says it all right there uh let's see Oh, I'm a Thai girl loving the ties. Joy for Trump. Thanks for stating your gender. Uh, yes, uh, uh, I'm assuming you're talking about uh, um, uh, Senator Ty over there in Michigan. Very, very, unless you're talking about this tie, I'm not sure. But anyways, okay, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a hot one with DePerno. DePerno, yes, he'll be coming up a little bit later on the show. Moda Lisa, the variety of talent we have in this comfy AF bunker. Oh, loving the, the variety. Yes. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed the, the show, Moda Lisa, and welcome. I hope you do come back. Actually, I've seen you, I've seen you in the chats before, Moda. So welcome back. I'm glad you were joining us yesterday. Um, joy for Trump, not another Bush. God help us. I know. And in Texas. Too. All right, Texans, all my fellow Texans, George P. Bush, named after a pedophile and a Nazi. We don't need him here in Texas. He needs to go back to Florida with his daddy, Jeb. Send him away. Send him away. Um, let's see here. Oh, yes, he did look like a doof. And uh, the speak easy. <laughs> the speak easy said, that dude looks like a puto. <laughs> Oh, I got a kick out of that. That's uh, that's that's a uh, Spanish or Mexican slang for uh, like asshole or something like that. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> joy for Trump. I'm teaching you guys another language. My bad. Uh, have to sign off shortly. Heading home. Oh yeah, be safe, be safe. And then uh, we had Matt seventeen seventy six. Uh, uh, closing up our donations for gold pills with the can yesterday. Always a pleasure to have you in the house, Matt1776. We do appreciate you most definitely and everything that you do for us at the Foxhole. Um, Ozark's Freedom Girl, Lurking, Weaponized Truth, Philly Q, all in the house as well. Glad you guys benefited from those gold pills. We had a fantastic time during the show today. All right, now before we get underway with the with the show, let's see what we got going on in the chat room. Let's see, we got Joy for Trump in the house. We got Always in Texas. Congratulations. I'm, I'm probably going to congratulate you like 20 times tonight. Uh, very happy for you. Just V. All right. Um, oh, my goodness, Just V. Uh, you're going to talk about CERN as well. You know, okay, okay. We'll just add that to Mandela effect. Okay, number three, CERN. Okay, you guys all know what CERN is. But yeah, that's that's definitely something I have heard. Whenever CERN started making little baby black holes here on Earth, well, it seems like that might have messed up with our timeline or something like that. But anyways, and then Curious Cat, I apologize that you're getting Buffer City. Um, I, I have 
everything working pretty well on my side here. Um, I would say maybe refresh or um, you might have to take off that 720p, okay? <laughs> but we're rolling pretty fine over here on my end. So, all right, guys, let's go ahead and get into today's C report because we have a lot of information to cover. Let me tell you what, we are gonna start off with, could you guys guess it? Good evening, Speaking Easy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you guys could guess it, we're starting with our President Donald J. Trump, because Trump leads here at the Sea Report every day that we're on the air, as long as he's got some news coming towards us. Okay, so let's see what's going on with the President today. He had a few statements for us. All right, that's not a statement. Okay, here is a statement. Let's go ahead and expand that for you guys so you can read along with me. As president, I had a great and very productive meeting in Helsinki, Finland, with President Putin of Russia. Despite the belated fake news portrayal of the meeting, the United States won much, including the respect of President Putin and Russia. Because of the phony Russia, Russia, Russia hoax made up and paid for by the Democrats, and crooked Hillary Clinton, the United States was put at a disadvantage, a disadvantage that was nevertheless overcome by me. As to who do I trust, they asked, Russia or our intelligence from the Obama era, meaning people like Comey, McCabe, the two lovers, Brennan, Clapper. Oh, I was like, Brennan and Clapper were lovers? Holy dang! Okay, <laughs> he's not talking about Brennan and Clapper as being lovers. Whoa, that was like, dang, he outed them. He threw them right out of the closet. He was like, come on, guys. Uh, it, it, we're in the year 2021. Don't you know you guys like, like gay people? Anyways, okay. Anyways, okay, so Brennan, Clapper, and numerous other sleazebags, or Russia, the answer after all that has been found out and written should be obvious. Our government has rarely had such low lives as these working for it. Good luck to Biden in dealing with President Putin. Don't fall asleep during the meeting and please give him my warmest regards. Dang. Okay, so that's a uh yeah, that's that's pretty much a slap across the bowels of uh, President-select Biden. Watch out now, you slap them bowels of President Biden, you're probably going to get a stinky situation. Um, but okay, yeah, so, uh, well, I mean, we'll see what happens, what they're, they're touting this to be, what, some uh, magnanimous event? Um, you know, you're going to have uh, President-select Biden going over there with his, his cool uh, police police officer shades, and I don't know, those magazines are so stupid. All right, next statement. The union representing the great workers building the Keystone XL pipeline endorsed Biden. Now their workers have no jobs and the pipeline, which was well under construction, like the southern border wall, has been shut down with thousands of jobs lost and the company announcing yesterday that they are permanently pulling out. You should vote those people out of office immediately and stop paying your union dues. A total waste of money. And I said it was going to happen before the 2020 presidential election hoax. Yep, yep, yep. Some of them are suing. I know, I know what there's like uh, 20, 23 plus states maybe that are uh, actually um, going to sue, you know, the Biden administration over this XL pipeline. Um, well, good. They need to. Okay, uh, next statement. I turned down two book deals from the most unlikely of publishers in that I do not want to do such a deal right now. I'm writing like crazy anyway. However, and when the time comes, you'll see the book of all books. Actually, I've been working on a much more important project right now. 
Hmm, I wonder what that project could be. Do tell, President Trump. Do tell. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome, pilled by the rabbit. All right, guys, we're having some fun. Hey, Nick Walls, welcome to uh, the Sea Report. We're having a great show to start, at least I think so anyways. All right, guys, so before we get into the secret government military operations, and again, I'm going to be giving you two of them today, and you, pro you guys honestly have probably heard about them. Well, I mean, one of them, I'm kind of like, you may, you probably haven't heard about them. Uh, but the other one you most definitely have, or for whatever it was worth, uh, you know, it was about, the story's about a month old in that regards. But <coughs> before we get to it, let's just do some quick audit the vote news, okay? Because we had some pretty big information coming out of uh, Arizona today. Let's see what we got going first. Ah, uh, yes. Let's start, as always, with um, an uh, update from um, Dr. Kelly Ward over there at the Arizona Audit. And uh, let's see what she has to say. Like, you guys already know what she's going to say, but we're going to hear it and archive it here on the C-Report anyways. It has something to do with President Trump's birthday. Hello, everyone. Welcome to America's Audit Update from the Republican Party of Arizona. I am your chairwoman, Dr. Kelly Ward. Exciting news today. I, you know, I want to share with you my firsthand experience touring the site of operations for the full forensic audit of the 2020 election ballots in Maricopa County. As you've heard here in prior updates, individuals and elected representatives from many states are touring the audit and are looking at the possibility of taking Arizona's lead and auditing their own election results. My tour, including an in-depth briefing from the auditing team as to their progress to date and a close-up tour of the facilities was simply amazing. I can report firsthand that America's audit is in great shape and the process is proceeding efficiently and quickly. Now let's be clear, this is no ordinary take a ballot and run it through the same machine again audit, what the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors wants to call an audit. This is a comprehensive forensic audit that's looking at last November's election from every conceivable perspective. A full hands-on evaluation and hands count and additional evaluation using the latest technology available. In fact, it was great to see the impressive, impressive organization of the audit. When I was there, less than three pallets of November ballots remain to be hand counted. The next phase will be to convert many of the hand counting stations to digital imaging stations. That conversion process actually has already begun. They expect that the actual ballot counting will be completed in the very near future, maybe even by June 14th, the president's birthday, although there are many duplicated ballots that have yet to be evaluated. The high-tech imaging process is really impressive, and, and it's going to take some additional time to do it and to do it right. The imaging looks at the paper being used for the ballots and identifying it. They also look at the actual alignment of the printing um, of the ballots on, from the front to the back to see if there are any discrepancies or errors. And they even go so far as to evaluate the little oval that's filled in by voters to see 
how it was done. Security is rigorous. It is rigorous to the extent that the entire time that I and my husband Mike were in the building, there was always a security person accompanying us. Outside the Coliseum, the Arizona Rangers are providing round-the-clock security and limiting access to only those who are approved to enter the facility. Chain of custody is a priority, okay? Uh, not like when they were at the Maricopa County Tabulation Center. Every time a ballot, uh, box of ballots is moved, it's recorded on the chain of custody documents. And there is armed security see, overseeing everything there. All, all the time. America's audit is in great hands. In fact, the audit is everything that the Democrats say it's not. It's professional. It's secure. It's efficient. It's state-of-the-art. And it is completely nonpartisan. More importantly, it is 100% transparent. Thank you for tuning in, and I'm going to see you at our next update. Yay! There goes Dr. Kelly Ward. Okay, I'm mean, I'm gonna miss her when this audit's over. I mean, to be fair, they do talk about a lot of um, you know, other national politics and Arizona politics, and she does these updates, but she really got her platform when these audits started. She's a great uh, public relations uh, figure for this whole audit. So I'm sure you all would agree. Pardon me. I'm sure you all would agree with that as well. Uh, but yes, so, uh, okay, so that's what we're looking at, guys. We are looking at um, a June 14th. Uh, I mean, they're probably going to finish the count before June 14th. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff in that regard, absolutely, of course, uh, would have to do with the fact that uh, it was um, someone from OAN. Let me check out my notes here real quick. Uh, who had reported that um, if there was anything less than 20%, or was it maybe less than that? I don't know. That they would have to completely, they would have to completely decertify, um, decertify the elections. And now there were some reports as well that some of the boxes on those pallets were missing up to 20% of what was marked on there. So of course, you know, it says they got 200 ballots in the box and, you know, they only got like what? I don't know. What's what's that? 100 and 180 maybe in there instead or something like that? I don't know. Like uh, 140? So, uh, I'm not a mathematician, guys. <laughs> I'm just a simple man. Uh, but missing missing all those ballots, of course, that would go to say, well, why are there not as many ballots as there should be in these boxes? Now, that's something that's kind of been coming up in uh, the interim, outer rim of what's going on over there in Arizona. But now we have this. So we have this as being something that is official. Uh, let me see what I got coming up next for you guys. Okay, so this here. Ah, yes, this here has to do with the uh, delegation of uh, Wisconsin, the delegation of Wisconsin uh, voters. So we had other states going through. Um, we had other states going through uh, Arizona today. Now, I believe we're up to about 10 different states that have gone through Arizona. So that's pretty big. We haven't heard all of the names of those states as of yet, but we do know Wisconsin went through. Let me go ahead and expand this for you guys. Now, um, they had a state representative uh, write to Speaker Voss. I'm going to go ahead and expand this a little bit more for you guys so you can see it. All right. And uh, this was okay. Now, 
actually, before I get talking about that. Now, do you guys remember we talked about Speaker Voss over there in Arizona? I mean, over there in Wisconsin. Speaker Voss has actually hired three retired police officers to perform an audit of their ballots up in Wisconsin. Okay, but then there was word that they're not actually going to be doing a ballot audit. They're actually going to be investigating uh, uh, entities like the uh, Center for Tech and Civic Life, which is the Mark Zuckerberg outfit that funneled millions of dollars into their elections and then had their own people go in there and run the elections for the Wisconsin Five, Milwaukee, Racine, Kenosha, Madison, and Green Bay, right? So that's what they're saying might actually be going on. But so, you, I mean, you'd have to wonder about Speaker Voss because again, he kind of, uh, he doesn't, he does not seem to be moving in the Patriot direction for these types of activities, that being an audit of their elections. So they sent a letter to Speaker Voss and this is from, um, this was from uh, Representative Janelle uh, Branchton or Brantgen. Brantgen, yeah. Okay, so uh, they went to go ahead and visit. This is what it said. It said, I write today to ask for the opportunity to observe the Arizona recount at the Arizona State Fairgrounds at 9 a.m. on Saturday, June 12th. We will meet with Arizona legislators and private vendors who are in the process of a large recount. We will fly out on June 11th and return on June 12th. The point of the trip is to observe a large-scale recounting process using volunteers and contracted vendors to determine ballot integrity and possibly and possible reconstruction of the Dominion machine programming. As Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify. I believe such a large-scale recount may prove insightful as it was for members of the Pennsylvania and Georgia legislatures who have also seen this process. Possible ballot construction has been discussed to prevent duplication and new techniques may also be included in this discussion. I am aware that our visit has nothing to do with the outcome of this recount, but as someone who attended the Milwaukee and Wakashi, uh, I think I said that right, Wakisha (laughs) recounts, I look forward to the comparisons. Uh, The group that is funding our trip is called Voices and Votes and is a 501c4 that has not advocated for any legislation. They have offered to fund our airfare and hotel expenses. Those wishing to attend this trip are Representative Janelle Branchin, Representative David Murphy, Representative Donna Rosar, Representative Rachel Cabral-Guevara, uh, Representative Calvin Callahan, Representative Chuck Witchkers, and Staff Bill Savage. We are aware this trip will require a reporting requirement of our quarterly fi- filings. The trip has been planned on a weekend to make sure we can still attend weekly work and will not be a cost to taxpayers. And uh, Speaker Boss, obviously, he went ahead and approved that. Now, as soon as we get more word on... Oh, actually, I think we do have some word. Do we? Have, oh, no, not him yet. We'll get to that loser in just a minute. I think I have a video around here somewhere. Uh, no, maybe I don't. You see me going through all of my little screens here? Okay, well, okay, so that was on a rumble. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Ah, well, we'll need this one for a minute. Hey, that's not what I'm looking for. Okay, let me go ahead and get this straightened out real quick. Okay, so as I was saying, there we go. That's what we want. Let me go ahead and move you over here. 
you'll want to go right about here. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. Now we're talking. Okay, so uh, when it came down to Speaker Voss, of course they went in. Now, as soon as we get word on what was said or, you know, what their reflections were on the audit that they saw, we'll make sure we definitely share that with you. It'll probably be coming up on Monday because, um, you know, I don't do Saturday shows here at the Sea Report, but, you know, we'll see what's up with that. So, okay, so uh, we have them going in there to go ahead and do this audit now. Hot on the heels of that, uh, we have the DOJ, the Department of Justice, or Injustice is what I would like to say. They decide that they want to go ahead and get themselves involved again. So uh, let's go ahead. I mean, this is just crazy, guys. The federal government wants to bust in on a state government's elections. Now, we know that they've had this threat before, okay? If you guys remember... Karen Fan did receive a letter from like some assistant attorney deputy BOS from the Department of Justice basically saying that they might be breaking constitutional law by doing this audit, which we know is BS and we'll cover that in just a sec. Let's go ahead and listen to this uh this this shill here. This is uh, Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland, right? And he had a few things to say about what's going on over there. In fact, this is them going into panic mode, basically. This is Biden's administration. This is the deep state. This is the globalists going into panic mode because they're about to uncover some of the biggest findings, some of the biggest, uh, what do you call it? I told you so's this side of, I don't know, yesterday. All right. This is just, let's just hear this loser. We will apply the same scrutiny to post-election audits to ensure they abide by federal statutory requirements to protect election records and avoid the intimidation of voters. In that regard, we will publish guidance explaining the civil and criminal statutes that apply to post-election audits. And we will likewise publish guidance with respect to early voting and voting by mail. We will apply the same scrutiny to post-election audits to ensure they abide by federal statutory requirements <laughs> to protect election records and avoid the intimidation of voters. In that regard, we will publish guidance explaining Boo. the civil and criminal statutes that apply to post-election And we will likewise publish guidance with respect to early voting. These guys need to stay the heck out of Arizona. Okay, you hear that? Again, they're talking about voter intimidation. Get real. There's no way that you can intimidate a voter during an audit. It's not like they're going to go vote. Like, you can't, like, retroactively intimidate someone into changing their vote. And then, after all, did they already not declare, we're not trying to undo this election. We're just trying to make sure that we have some integrity. Let me share this letter with you guys. Now, we actually read this... This was like... Oh, well, it's dated May 7th. I think it was about the 15th. We covered this on our show. And uh, this was basically, uh, okay, I keep talking about this organization called PILF, and I can never remember what the acronym stands for. So I got to like, I need some notes somewhere for myself. The Public Interest Legal Foundation. Now, these guys have been working uh, in, in fighting for the constitutional rights of the public interest, obviously, but specifically in regards to elections and the likes. So 
Karen Fan received a letter at random. She did not even she did not even solicit them. She did not go to them for information. She got a letter from them um, where they were t- they were basically giving her free legal advice on what to do and how to handle this rogue DOJ, this corrupt Department of Justice, who's trying to federally involve themselves in a state election and a state election audit. So here's what the letter said, just so you guys can keep it at the top of your memory. Um, it says, Dear Senate President Fan, we write today regarding a recent letter from Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Pamela S. Carlin. We represent the board and staff of the Public Interest Legal Foundation with more than 30 years experience working as attorneys for the Civil Rights Division for the United States Department of Justice. We offer detailed insights into the author of the letter and the actual powers of the office she holds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, PILF, is a nonprofit law firm exclusively dedicated to election integrity that also promotes common sense reforms that preserve the constitutional framework of American elections. Put simply, Pam Carlin is an ideological extremist with a long history of partisan enforcement of civil rights laws as well as rank scholarly dishonesty. The May 5th letter wants you to believe the Department of Justice is engaging in a normal exercise of federal power under federal voting law. It is not. First, to Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Carlin's history of ideological extremism and partisan enforcement of the law. For starters, Carlin has played a central role in the censorship of conservatives during her time on the Facebook Oversight Board. The business of the board was to purportedly throttle speech that contained falsehoods, but in practice was a body that censored speech and hid from public view genuine vulnerabilities in our election system. This may remind you that it was actually Carlin who drew public ire from First Lady Melania Trump after Carlin made an insensitive and tasteless joke about the name of President Donald Trump's adolescent son while acting as a witness for the first impeachment effort against President Donald J. Trump. Carlin has published false scholarship and for the last decade has refused to correct it. In the Duke Journal of Constitutional Law and Public Policy, she falsely published that four for five of the eight years of the Bush administration, they brought no Voting Rights Act cases of its own except for one case protecting white voters. Carlin's scholarship was false. Carlin claimed that no cases were brought by the Bush DOJ under the Voting Rights Act to protect racial minorities in five of eight years, except, of course, to protect those undeserving whites. Yet the record shows that numerous cases were brought under the Voting Rights Act to protect non-white racial minorities in all eight years of the Bush administration. You can learn more details of her false scholarship detailing the 17 lawsuits brought by the Bush DOJ under the Voting Rights Act to protect racial minorities at the stated uh, URL. This false scholarship was even brought to the attention of Congress in testimony provided to the House of Representatives. Editors of Duke University publications said it was uh, incumbent on Carlin to retract her false scholarship, something she has not done. Carlin also did her best to try to overturn the voter fraud convictions of individuals who tried to defraud black voters in an election in Greene County, Alabama in 1994. 
Fortunately for the minority voters of Greene County, she was unsuccessful. Carlin's propensity to exaggerate is now affecting Arizona. Second, her letter to you is completely wrong on the law. Her May 5th letter exercises a non-existent federal authority to conduct oversight over the audit process outlined and directed by the Arizona courts. The letter further wrongly suggests the Maricopa Recorder's office simply surrendered all pertinent election records to a private party without proper retention and archiving procedures in place. In reality, the Superior Court of Arizona found the legislative subpoenas governing the handling of the election document in question were proper and lawful. The May 5th letter further exaggerates the reach of 52 U.S.C. 2070-20706. She says that if proper safeguards are not being deployed for the records, the Justice Department can assert federal power over Arizona wrong. The purpose of 52 U.S.C. 20701-20706 is investigatory in nature. It exists to help the Attorney General in determining the advisability of commencing possible investigations of federal election offenses if there is no underlying potential voting rights violations any exercise of this power is not authorized and is a brazen abuse of power. Conducting an audit of a past election does not violate the Voting Rights Act or any other federal election law. In fact, the Justice Department has never, in the entire history of the existence of the Civil Rights Division, interfered in or investigated an election audit because its past leadership has understood it has no legal authority to do so. In the event that your office responds to Carlin's inappropriate and unjustified letter, you might ask Carlin if an actual investigation exists beyond her perusals of the Arizona Daily Star and CBS Phoenix reports. Now, that's funny because I already told you guys that the uh, local media in Arizona is all left and it's all shill. Uh, The letter goes on. Carlin's interference that Section 11B of the Voting Rights Act is implicated is also wrong. Section 11B prohibits the direct intimidation, threat, or coercion of voters. Here, the voters have long since voted. The act of voting was months ago. It is not possible that Section 11B can be implicated by the audit. Carlin is offering an absurd and implausible interpretation of a Section 11B of the Voting Rights Act. Uh, One intended to intimidate you that no court could possibly uphold as correct. What Carlin also knows and does not include in her letter is that the weight of authority is overwhelmingly against applying Section 11B to Arizona's audit. The department does not have a successful track record in attempts to bring 11B claims. The department even lost a case under Section 11B when the election official was threatening voters with arrest if they attempted to vote and publish the names in the newspapers.
In another case, the Justice Department during the Obama administration, when she also served in the department, dismissed Section 11B claims against the new Black Panther Party, even when armed and uniformed members stalked the polling place. It is against this backdrop of failure and ideological law enforcement that Carlin now threatens you. The bottom line is, Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Pam Carlin is doing the bidding of and acting as a surrogate for the Democrat Party, not as an objective law enforcement official and representative of the United States Department of Justice. She is engaging in a partisan abuse of power well outside the traditions of the department as well as the delegation of power under federal statutes and the controlling legal authority governing those statutes. We urge you to resist and oppose this abuse of power and we stand ready to discuss this matter further and share additional insights as to how Arizona is being un but like I said that came to the desk of Karen Fan without even asking this is where the good-hearted the the righteous people of America stand up and they come together and they unite and they they gave her this legal advice I mean it's unwarranted what the Department of Justice is trying to do under this AG Garland, right? And and this assistant deputy assistant secretary person here, uh, Pamela Carlin. I mean, that was pretty strong, guys. I don't know how much stronger you can get in the verbiage that you're using. So uh, in, in addition to that, now we had we had representative uh, Wendy Rogers, Senator Wendy Rogers. Uh, I'm pretty sure I got her picture right up here. Boom. All right. So Senator Wendy Rogers. Now she, um, she's also, she's from Arizona. Uh, she, she did serve. Okay. So <laughs> Miss Wendy Rogers had a couple of words to say to, uh, to AG Garland over there at the department of Unjustice, And she said this, she said, you will not touch Arizona ballots or machines unless you want to spend time in an Arizona prison. <laughs> Maybe you should focus on stopping terrorism. The Justice Department is one of the most corrupt institutions in the United States. Boom! She is putting the federal government on notice that if you come down to Arizona, you will be met with force. And some jail time, obviously. So I was like, man, it's getting pretty thick down there in Arizona. Then we had constitutional lawyer Matthew DiPerno, who uh, is the, the lawyer who's been representing uh, William Bailey up there in Michigan in Antrim County. He had this to say. He said, a source tells me A.G. Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice are weighing out two options. Either they shut down the Arizona audit by seizing everything now, or... They allow the results to be published. They are debating between the anger of 72 million angry voters or the potential decertification of multiple states. So most definitely, guys, uh, you guys talk about clenched buttholes and squirming in your seats. They are most definitely clenching those sphincters right now as we speak. Now, here's another beauty that we saw, and I'm sure you guys saw this as, as you saw this as well. <laughs> How long have we heard about that dear watermark? Oh, look at that, guys. Let me expand that for you guys. This is the watermark that we have long heard about. This is the watermark. Now, to be fair, 
to be fair, this is a supposed um, future ballot. This is something that they're not using right now, allegedly. But, um, I mean, guys, like, yeah, yeah, Representative Vernon Jones, he's the one who released this photograph. We have heard about a watermark, y'all. So, uh, can we conspiracy theorists finally be called conspiracy truthists? Or fact, uh, I don't know, emissaries of truth? I think I like emissary of truth much better than conspiracy uh, truther or something like that. But check that out, guys. We have heard about something like this for like three or four years. We have heard about something like this. We've been laughed at. We've been, we've been called names. You know, we've been shunned. And here they go, releasing what um, um, uh, a suggested future Arizona ballot might look like. I don't know, guys. What do you think? Do you think this is a future ballot? Or do you think this is a current ballot? Like, what do you think? What do you think? And what a watermark. Look at that. It's holographic or something. Like, a lot of news coming out of Arizona today, obviously. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's a good Friday, guys. It is a good Friday here at the Sea Report and across America. It is a good Friday. Oh my goodness. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. That is about all. Thank you, Desert Fire. That is about all the election audit news that I am going to share with you guys today. I had a, I had a video of... Um, um, a Virginia representative, but uh, we'll we'll go ahead and save that one in the interest of time. We're already an hour into the show, and I got a little bit more information for you to guys. So now today we are talking about. Now here's, I mean, we're, that was just getting us started, guys. Happy Good Friday, right? Um, we are talking about uh, secret government slash military operations. Now, um, I had heard about this first story uh, a minute ago. And I kept thinking, I know I've heard people talk about this. Who did I hear talk about it? You know, I do my fair share of fox hopping now and then. Um, but when this story broke, and it was about a month ago, almost a month to the day, it was about the 15th, 16th, 17th. This is going to have to do with the Pentagon, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so when I had heard about this story, um, we were right in the middle of the uh, the Arizona audit where they're having the meetings, you know, the ones that the Maricopa Board of Supervisors, the BOS, refused to attend, right? And then they held their own little press conference. And then I believe the next day, uh, Karen Fan and also Cyber Ninjas and the rest of the auditors and uh, as former SOS Ken Bennett, they had their meeting as well. So we were covering that here on the C-Report. Um, man, the audits have so uh, monopolized my time here. Uh, so I heard about this article and I didn't get to look into it. I know I heard other people talking about this. But when I went back to look for it, I could not find anyone who was talking about it. Um, but this was also brought to my attention by one of my viewers. Thank you, ma'am. So we're going to go ahead and get into this. Okay, so um, we're going to talk about two military operations, uh, mostly covert, mostly secret. Um, I would say one is for the bad guys and one is for the good guys. We're going to talk about the bad guys first. Now, how many of you all have heard about Operation Signature Reduction? 
Operation Signature Reduction. How many of you guys are starting to smile? And how many of you guys are starting to go, oh no, he's talking about that? Okay, all right, so I found Operation Signature Reduction to be actually pretty interesting. Now, this is the case, and this was broken on May 15th by Newsweek. Newsweek did an article on this operation that uh, basically has been under wraps and coverts for more than 10 years, in which the Pentagon... Our military it has enlisted, hired, contracted 60,000 plus individuals into basically a secret and unknown covert army of, uh, of anything from government workers to state employees to people who work at, um, you know, uh, big um, national companies to international companies to people who do, guess what... Uh, keyboard warrior stuff. So they have a lot of people involved on all spectrums of the field. Everything here is done covert. Everything here is done unknown. It's about reducing their signature, right? Uh, so we're going to go ahead and jump into a little bit about this now. The reason why I found this very interesting is because, and you know, I get in trouble every time I talk about this. So I hope, I hope I don't get into trouble now. But every time I talk about this, something seems to happen in my life. But I always have mentioned to you guys about interactive internet activity or internet interactive activity IIA, okay? And that basically is uh, um, a function or a program. It, well, I mean, it, it is a program that is based on software that the military used to infiltrate the internet and get into social media platforms, anything from Facebook to, uh, you know, Craigslist to Twitter to Twitch to Trovo to DLive, anywhere that people unite and socialize in a network, they infiltrate, okay? That's everything, ladies and gentlemen, everything. And I'm choosing my words very carefully here. But as I was saying, every time I talk about this, I get into trouble. Anyways, okay, so <laughs> internet, internet, internet interactive activity. Now, if you ask me, this whole concept of uh, IIA is something that people don't want others to talk about. Like, you know, it's like they would rather this be out of mind. Like if we don't talk about this, if that idea is not put out there into, you know, the, the, the mass consciousness, then we don't have to worry about it because, you know, it's kind of like how they've run psyops on Americans and the world for years, right? They never tell you about it because you would never think something like that exists if you don't talk about it. Take, for example, the whole child sex trafficking thing and the whole child sacrifice thing, the human sacrifice thing. Now, we would think that's something that's ancient and it's something that's, you know, it's it's caveman or it's, it's you know, it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's pre-industrial revolution. Whatever you want to think about that, we tend to think as good hearted or, you know, moral, however you want to judge it, type of people, that those types of things don't happen anymore. And look at what we found out, right? We found out that these things are still very real and they really do happen. But so as long as the media wasn't talking about it, so as long as it wasn't coming up in our movies and stuff like that, 
So as long as stories weren't published about it, we would never think that these things still happen. Same thing with this IIA. As long as nobody is talking about IIA, then no one will have an inkling to go search it on the internet or go look into documents that the military has released or go, you know, I don't know, find out who's working for who, who's on contract, who's legit. You know, I mean, go back to Operation Mockingbird. This is kind of the same idea. You have the, the military, CIA, all those people infiltrating news networks, media networks, TV stations, uh, making sure that whatever programs that they put out there, they're at the head of that, or maybe they're deterring certain things from coming to the surface. Well, this is the same thing with IIA. We're taking it to the next level because this is about internet interactive activity, okay? So it affects us all, ladies and gentlemen, and I get in trouble when I say things like the Patriot community has been infiltrated. I get in trouble when I say things like the Q community has been infiltrated. But guys, let's be real. Let's be real. I mean, I didn't say that the Q people specifically, you know, whomever that is, are the ones who are infiltrated. I said it's all of the people, the Anons, I guess you could say. And interestingly enough, under um, a military uh, operation like uh, a signature reduction, all of these people that are basically the internet warriors of this operation, they're all uh, hidden behind avatars and they're all hidden behind uh, uh, usernames. You know, my name is Michael Aaron Gossetis. I live in San Antonio, Texas. I have nothing to hide. My life is an open book. I've got two, two, D two DWIs on my report, okay? You know, like, you can ask me a question. I'll be 100% honest with you. And that's also why I have issues with, like, that's why sometimes I do battles with trolls. You know what I mean? Because, like, the these trolls will come at you like I had one yesterday that said debate me on discord and I'm like show your face you know like <laughs> why are you going to come at me when you don't even have the balls to show your face right okay and then not only that I'm like how do you know I have a discord like obviously you're someone who knows me anyways okay so this is a, this is the thing that I'm talking about uh, with this whole you know uh, this whole secret military operation. Now I said Newsweek broke it open, so let me stop being on my soapbox about it. Let me go ahead and get into it. And you know, I mean, guys, I don't, I'm not afraid of being doxxed. I mean, it's okay. It's whatever. You know, I lived in Austin for 10 years. I'm in San Antonio now. It's not a big deal. I mean, if they're going to come for me, they're going to come for me. It's what, and you know, I'm small potatoes. Like what the hell? Like, they don't, no one pays attention to me except for, you know, my dear viewers and listeners. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about Operation Signature Reduction. Um, okay. So it says here from, this is again from a Newsweek article. Now Newsweek did, it was like a two or three year investigation. They did uh, several interviews. They did several FOIA requests. They also uh, monitored um, job websites uh, where like within the military where they were hiring for certain positions. And then they were also speaking with some whistleblowers. And they also spoke with some retired individuals who were involved in this operation who were off record, but still spilled the beans. So I guess in essence, they were type of whistleblowers. Now, um, it says here that uh, the program signature reduction um, has over 60,000 people. It's considered a secret army. Okay, they are working under masked identities and in low profile, you know, and when I hear things like this, you know, I got 
gotta wonder if I come across an avatar with a name like low profile, if they're being obvious or if they're just being, you know, obnoxious, <laughs> you know, uh, some of these people have really terrible comms. Like you can see their comms, like these people, they've probably worked for people like general Jim Jones. They probably got hired right out of the military or whatever department that they worked for, whether it was the Navy, the air force or the Marines, you know, and some of them are not even former military. You do have some people that are hired outside of college, outside of university. Uh, you have people who are linguists. You have people who have business backgrounds because they're at all levels. Like according to this article, they not only have to have this uh, ability to go, you know, I guess underground, become a shadow, right? But they also have to have people working in industry. Like uh, they give an example of someone here who works in a post office and that's what their cover story was. And they worked in a post office uh, under assumed identity. They did their daily duty, but they also had a second duty of, of, of delivering like these, uh, these false passports, false identities, false tax returns. You know, they were the delivery man working within this signature reduction operation, but masked as, you know, a good old post office. Now, I've known some people like that. Maybe that's what they were doing. And maybe that's why they never got where they need to get on time. All right. So it also says here, that people who operate within signature reduction carry out domestic and foreign assignments in military uniforms and in civilian cover. Um, they work in real life and they work online. And sometimes they hide in private businesses and in consultancies. Some of them also work for household name companies. A natural result in the growth of secret special forces, um, but also an intentional response to the challenges of travel traveling and operating in an increasingly transparent world is the reason cited for such an operation being existed and being in existence. Um, the explosion of Pentagon cyber warfare, moreover, has led to thousands of spies who carry out their day-to-day -day work in various made-up personas, the very type of nefarious operations the United States decries when Russia and China spies do the exact same thing. Um, so that's another point of, uh, that's another point of consternation here. Now we have the military actively working in this field, actively doing this type of thing. And this is where you got to go. You got to say something like, are we going to cross that line? You know what I mean? Like the, the enemy might kill children in order to, you know, um, use that against the good guys. But does that mean that the good guys are going to use that same tactic against the enemy? I say no. So, you know, by, by the United States getting involved in an operation like this, I get it. It's kind of like you have to take the battle to where the enemy is going. And if they're using this type of tactic, I mean, I can understand why the military would seek to use a tactic like this, but it's unregulated for one. Congress has never had a hearing on this. And, you know, I, I mean, maybe that's why everywhere I looked to find, you know, other people talking about this, I could not really find it because they don't want you guys to know because then you guys are going to go right to your congressman, right to your representative, right to your senator and your governor. And you're going to say, hey, what is this Operation Signature Reduction? Why are you spending $900 million of taxpayer money on it? Why have we never had a hearing about it? 
you know, what's going on here? $900 million worth of taxpayer money goes into this per annum, ladies and gentlemen. And you wonder where your federal income tax goes? Yeah, all that money that they're shaving off the top, that interest for the Western-backed globalist central banks like the Federal Reserve, goes into their pockets to pay off the uh, interest that they're charging us illegally, unconstitutionally, but then they probably funnel it back into operations like uh, you know, signature reduction and other things. Okay. So signature reduction, it is, like I said, it's an unregulated practice. It's never had oversight by, by the Congress or a hearing on it to uh, prove it. It challenges United States laws. It challenges the Geneva conventions. Because if we have people working undercover and it's supposed to be like a secret secret, if they decide to get, and we've had people who've been busted. There was someone in Russia that was busted that was found out to be part of this signature reduction, right? Okay, and if, you know, the Geneva Convention, if they're secret secret, they could torture them. They could treat them inhumanely. They could Nuremberg them, and we would never know. So, I mean, there's no protecting those individuals. And at the same time, there's no telling with these unregulated individuals running around with multiple aliases, whether they are working for, I don't know, uh, whether they're working for Krispy Kreme donuts or they're working at the military base in San Antonio, Texas. Like we don't know. We couldn't, we couldn't say. So there's a lot of, a lot of like uh, ethical questions that come up with this practice as well. And also the, it also, um, it also, uh, it also interferes, it also defies the code of military conduct and basic accountability. So those are just some of the ethical questions that come out of this organization. Now, the signature reduction effort engages some 130 private companies to administer the new clandestine world, okay? Uh, dozens of little known and secret government organizations support this program, do, uh, doling out classified contracts and overseeing publicly unacknowledged operations. Let's go ahead and put that on the screen. All right. Um, although the companies pull in over $90 million in taxpayer money annually to service this force, uh, they do everything from create false documentation and paying the bills and taxes of individuals operating under assumed names to manufacturing disguises and other devices to thwart detection and identification. They even build invisible devices to photograph and listen in on activity in the most remote corners of the Middle East and Africa. I would dare say they're doing this all around the world and including in the United States of America. This is some really interesting information. And I really have to stop and wonder, I really have to stop and wonder if I have met some of these individuals. I know I throw some people for a loop sometime with some of the information that I have, but seriously, guys, like, you got to be pretty, uh, you got to be pretty sharp for some people, um, especially if people have a, a finely tuned gut and spidey sense, you don't pull much over on them. Special operations forces constitute over half the entire signature reduction force. Uh, this would include shadow warriors who pursue terrorists in war zones from Pakistan to West Africa, but also increasingly work in unacknowledged hotspots, including behind enemy lines like in North Korea and Iran. Military intelligence specialists, collectors, counterintelligence agents, even linguists make up the largest element. 
the newest and fastest growing group in the clandestine army that never leaves their keyboards. Okay, so these are the ones that, uh, the, these are the, these are the keyboard warriors, right? The digital warriors out there. All right, guys. These are the cutting edge cyber fighters and intelligence collectors who assume false personas online, employing non attribution and misattribution techniques to hide the who and the where of their online presence while they search for high value targets and collect what is called publicly accessible information or even engage in campaigns to influence and manipulate social media. Guys, this is not limited to Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, um, you know, or, or Instagram. This is all over the place, guys. It's all over the place. Believe you me. And it, I just, you know, as much as I want to say, um, hundreds work in and for the NSA. Um, but over the past five years, every military intelligence and special operations unit has developed some kind of web operations cell that both collects intelligence and tends to the operational security of its very activities. So that's some more interesting information. And this just takes me back to the IIA. You keep talking about IIA, Mr. C. Okay, we had a Shadowgate watch party uh, a couple of weeks ago. It breaks all of that down. It breaks down how they use internet, um, internet operations to influence elections, to influence the way people think and feel, to, to do predictive programming to where, you know, they can uh, put out all this information and based on all the data that they've collected off of your cell phone, because don't forget, we got the 702s. Okay, we're going to talk about the 702s in a little bit. 702s, for those of you who don't remember, that is the statute that allows the NSA to save all of our data. And NSA collects phone calls. Uh, you know, uh, it collects metadata. It collects your answering machine. It collects text messages. It collects your web searches. And it holds it for 72 hours. Now, through the 702s, uh, we had some companies, you know, like, uh, what was it? Like uh, some that Brennan and General Jim Jones were running, like uh, the Intelligence Group, oh, goodness, and, and other such entities. Go, Jim Jones, John Owen Brennan's, okay? They run these agencies, um, and they were basically uh, mirroring all that information from the 702 data streams, and they were collecting that information. Now, after that, they would sell it to other companies, other countries, whomever they just they they basically monetized and capitalized off of our data which is totally illegal it's totally unconstitutional it's a civil rights violation and it's damn near right a human rights violation okay and that's because it's 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 it is being weaponized against us okay that's why it's so important and so with all this data they have on us they know what makes mr c tick they know what may they know what i like to eat they know what mr c likes to eat to drink they know what turns mr c on they know everything about mr c and so now they can use program software, social media, they can use people on the internet, they can use people I interact with to influence how I'm going to react. And thereby, you know, maybe they'll say, maybe they'll put something up that they know ticks me off. They'll be like, okay, Mr. C gets really pissed off about IIA and Mr. C gets really pissed off about these uh, internet activities, right? So let's, let's do all this to Mr. C and, and mess with his mind, right? Now, I'm not saying that that's what they do to Mr. C. <laughs> they sure got Mr. C talking in third person, though. Oh, my goodness. Okay. They, anyways, okay. So, so I mean, that's just an example. Um, you know, there's 
there was a lot of word that we had gotten from Patrick Berge. And again, this was during the Shadow Project uh, documentary where they were talking about how all of the race riots that were happening in 2019, 2020, there was actually signatures of internet interactive activity on what was going on there uh, because I believe he said that they traced most of the content, the messages, whatever the influence mechanism was back to the Ukraine, okay? And that's where a lot of these operations were happening because the Ukraine was totally taken over by Obama administration, deep state and globalist influences and they were running a lot of things out of it with their corrupt president at the time and stuff like that. So, so, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, all of this to me ties together. You have, um, mechanism softwares like um like uh well it's called ShadowNet. uh that's one of the names of it they have several other different names for it uh like hammer and scorecard i'm sure some of you guys have heard about that hint hint okay so all of that uh to me all kind of like meets up with this signature reduction operation because you have uh you have an army of physical people on the ground and then you have your internet activity stuff through shadownet clearforce all of those things uh and it, it it melds it meshes it's like it's like you get it's like you get the how and the why or I don't know, you get the battle cry and then you get the foot action as well. Like it's all there. Uh, to me that all, it, to me that makes sense as a gel. You know, it makes sense together. Anyways, getting back to this article about, and, and the reason why I say this is a bad guy operation is because it's run by the Pentagon. Okay. The Pentagon, we got General Milley, uh, this, this guy who's trying to make it progressive and woke. And then we got, we got Lloyd Austin, the third, who, uh, this supposed retired general to me, he's one of the rogue generals. He's probably like the fifth one. Now he has actually worked on the boards of several of the big, like Raytheon. He's been huge in the military industrial complex. You know, one of his first like missions when he was, uh, he was put in as the secretary of defense was to sell a whole bunch of missiles to Chile and to get a big payday for Raytheon. Like he's, he's bad. And this guy, this guy is deep state. This guy is swamp creature. I'm talking about Millie and I'm talking about Lloyd Austin or Austin Lloyd, whatever the hell his name is. But again, guys, don't be disheartened by this information. Take heart because we know we can see it. We can say something. We can do something about it. And you know, to me, the deep state, the swamp, was so deep. But now we know about signature reduction. Now we know what factions, what, what elements of the military was the swamp. We didn't know that before January 20th. We didn't know that before Biden's fake inauguration when he had the 10th Mountain Division come and protect him. Okay, so there is your swamp. There is your deep state. They have been identified. Trump took a step back. And the military, industrial complex, all of that was the one of the hardest nuts to crack. And we're going to get into some more about that. But it was one of the hardest nuts to crack. And now we can identify it. We can see it. The light is shining on it. So to me, it's a good thing. All right, but we got more coming, guys. Okay, so, all right, getting back to the article on this, the abundance of online information about individuals um, has, dis uh, has enabled foreign intelligence services to better unmask fake identities of American spies. So here's where they're kind of justifying uh, signature reduction using all of these secret hidden personas, basically 60,000 people who are, you know, 
clowning around as someone else, right? And that is because since everyone's on Facebook and everyone's on Instagram, I can't be super spy Mr. C and go over there and, and, and pose as Mr. X because then they're going to look on my Facebook and they'll be like, hey, that's not Mr. X, that's Mr. C. So that's another reason. That's the reason why they're justifying it. Again, it's understandable. But uh, maybe if you're going to be a super secret spy for the United States government, you shouldn't have a Facebook. Okay, I'm sorry. You don't get to enjoy that uh, relegation of all of your privacy, you know, because you're working in a top secret agency. At least that would be my thinking anyways. Signature reduction is thus at the center of not only counterterrorism, but is part of the Pentagon's shift toward great power com competition with China and Russia, competition, influence, and disruption below the level of armed conflict or what military calls warfare in the gray zone, a space in the peace conflict continuum. All right, so that was uh, that was a very interesting article to me. Uh, the article it's got a lot of information. It has a lot of examples. Uh, for example, there's a section here called "The Secret Life of Jonathan Darby." Now that's a reference to what I was telling you about. This man was um, a post worker, and uh, you know he basically he had an assumed identity. His vehicle had an assumed identity. Uh, nothing was traceable back to him, you know, and it talked about how he would do his daily job. But then he would also deliver fake passports, fake driver's license to people who don't exist. OK, so this is another element of your shadow government. And, you know, in Shadowgate, we learned that a lot of the real work is done by contractors because when the government hires contractors, that separates them from liability, that separates them from accountability, because after all, it's not someone under oath. It's not someone who's working for the government. It's someone they contracted out so they could also shift the blame on the contractor if they had to. Well, that sounds kind of like what we're dealing with this as well. Maybe perhaps these 60,000 people are also part of that shadow government. I would say it's a very likely possibility it's very dangerous, but this is something that just came out on May 15th. Okay, so it's a very, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a month old, but it's still a relatively new story. And not a lot of people have really gone into what this is. This is just my analysis on what signature reduction is. Um, I've come across a lot of individuals um, that I would probably question as to whether or not they're a part of this. But knowing how this thing operates, like if you're hired into signature reduction, you're basically taken care of. You're on a mission and they will pay your bills. They will pay your taxes. That's why they have people working in banks. They have people working in tax firms. They have people all over the place, 60,000 plus people worldwide. Um, and I would not doubt that a lot of them have domestic jobs here in the United States. I'm sure abroad as well. But in order for them to carry out some of the operations that they're doing, including infiltrating the Patriot and the media and the Q movements, uh, that they would need a pretty big base here in the United States of America. And that's why I say, guys, you have to trust your gut. You have to use discernment. Um, and, and, you know, for on my part, it's just a lot of exposure to this material and this content for several years. Um, it, it makes it a little bit easier to kind of parse through the fakes and the phonies, you know, but they are out there. 
they are out there and um you know uh, and a lot of them are under contract uh and so like for example if you take like the patriot media for example and that's at whatever level of the patriot media you want to call it whether it is an alex jones operation who works for stafford which is another globalist front type of uh unit um or or down to uh you know um nobody content creators uh you know there's a lot of people who are put in a position to do and say the things that they say if not to just totally give misinformation to pacify the patriot base into inaction and that i think is probably one of the most dangerous things and that's why i always say if you have good information you will know how to act but if we are given misinformation that could cause you know, that could cause like 10 different rabbit holes to open up, right? And then, you know, we fall down all of them and we never get to the point. Or we get so pacified by the good news that we're given that we be we become inactive and we think that, oh, well, the government has it, the Trump administration has it. So we just need to sit back and root for our team. That's not what this was about. That is not what the Great Awakening about. The Great Awakening was not about all of us waking up to it only. The Great Awakening was also about us doing something about it. Because don't forget, guys, faith without works is dead. Okay, so we need to make sure that we're doing something about it, not just sitting on our thumbs and rooting for our home team, right? Okay, so I think that's all I'm going to share with you guys about... Signature reduction. Now, like I said, signature reduction, this article came out in Newsweek. It's a long article. They had more examples of some of the things that they do, um, including, you know, like um, the physical, the physicality of it. Like they have like fake, they have masks that you can wear. They have like fake finger uh, silicone gloves so they can hide their biometrics. Uh, one of the guys who got caught in Russia that was an American who was working for signature reduction, he had fake vials of blood. So we're talking about like all of this, like, I don't know, James Bond, spy versus spy, really heavy stuff. But in addition to that, you know, RFID protectors, uh, technology for transmission and stuff like that, like all of this other stuff, I will, I know I'm behind on posting in my discord, but I will share this on discord, this article. Um, if you don't subscribe to Newsweek, I don't, uh, you get Three free articles. So may this be one of your free articles if you want to read it. Um, but I think that's pretty interesting, guys. I think that is pretty interesting. I don't know. What do you think? Okay, so that is one of the secret government military operations that I wanted to bring to your attention. That one's for the bad guys, all right? That one's for the bad guys, in my opinion. Especially if, uh, if jokers like the people at the Pentagon are running it, um, it can't be good. It cannot be good for the good guys, right? Could it be used for good? I'm sure. But is it good? Probably not. Okay. All right, guys. So for the next, um, the next uh, secret government military operation I'd like to share with you all, this one's for the good guys. We're going to do a bit of a watch party um, because the information on this is presented in a much more palatable fashion than I ever could here at the Sea Report. Now, I don't know if any of you all have heard of the National Reconnaissance Office. The National Reconnaissance Office was opened in 1961. Oh! Oh, we're going back to some OG stuff here, guys. Now, this was President Eisenhower. President Eisenhower started this National Reconnaissance Office back in 1961. And, um, okay, so there's going to be a lot of setup here. 
before we get into the meat and potatoes of it. So just, I'm, I hope, I'm sure you guys will enjoy this. There's a lot of good information here. Okay. Now the National Reconnaissance Office was actually, um, it was declassified in 1999 by President Bill Clinton, I think at the time, if I'm not mistaken, or 98 or 99. He declassified it. So then it was out in the open that President Eisenhower had started basically a secret reconnaissance agency. Now, what was the job of the secret reconnaissance agency and how does it tie into Space Force and President Trump? Guys, when I read the, when I heard this report, I took heart and it's a little bit of why I'm a, what I would consider an eternal optimist because Trump won. Um, and uh, we're going to go ahead and pay attention to that now. Now, the reporter, whom some of y'all might be familiar with this, that originally presented this information was one Millie Weaver. That's Millennial Millie. If you guys know who she is, she used to work with the Alex Jones Infowars outfit, and uh, she's now independent. She hasn't been doing much lately from what I can see, um, but this, uh, this also came out about a year ago. Um, so we're going to share this now, and uh, there's a lot of information here, guys. So uh, let's have a watch party. What do you say? Trump has already won. We're just down to the wire with the last few skirmishes being played out between the Trump administration and the deep state. But you would never know it because the mainstream media doesn't want you to know. And the alternative media is too wrapped up in infighting, engaging in cancel culture, etc. Many people are like, when are people finally going to be held accountable? It's actually happening right now, right in front of us. I was able to confirm what sources had alleged. Namely, that there really wasn't a whistleblower who had kicked off this impeachment inquiry and that the Intel Committee Chairman, Adam Schiff, was actually getting information from a wiretap. The alleged whistleblower and testifying witnesses with secondhand information were used to give witness testimonial credibility to ill-gotten information. This was verified by Schiff revealing telephone call information he had obtained on the president, his personal attorney Giuliani, the Intel Committee Minority Chairman Devin Nunes, investigative journalists like John Solomon reporting on the Ukraine, and others. The call information provided by Schiff in the impeachment inquiry more than suggested the what, where, and how Schiff had obtained the phone call records. Later that day, after I published my report, Laura Ingram had Sarah Carter on her show to discuss the developments regarding Adam Schiff's spying on the president. This is what they had to say. A knowledgeable source tells the Ingram angle tonight that not only did Schiff get dirt from the secret subpoenas that he sent to phone companies, he also got help from the NSA. So what we knew before three years ago when we discussed the expansion of the NSA under the Obama administration and how they allowed for basically spying on attorneys, spying on clergy. I mean, this is incredible. Spying on what on we what consider basis? privileged journalists. Now what we're seeing is that Adam Schiff has taken this to the next level. And what he did was then expanded that put it out into the report, and then used all the secondary contacts that he wanted exposed, exposed they in got the help. report. They got help from AT&T, and he got help from someone else in the government. Our got sources help from are saying it's the NSA. 
Absolutely. That is exactly what I've been hearing, too, from my sources. It shouldn't be a surprise that when the president tweeted, where is the whistleblower? I quickly responded that according to my sources, the whistleblower may actually be a wiretap. The president tweeted two days later with, there is no whistleblower. If my source can be publicly writing and tweeting about it for the last two years now, obviously the president knows about it. Judge Collier, Judge Rosemary Collier, was the judge, the FISA judge, that signed off on the first FISA warrant. Why is she still sitting on a bench? She says the full scope of non-compliant querying practices had not previously been disclosed to the court. There was a preliminary um, discussion to see why they didn't dump the data for 72 hours. So here's where the cover-up begins. So at that point, it was time to confirm other information reported by our source. Since we are assuming there's no whistleblower and that there was continued electronic surveillance of the president and the people around him, how is this possible? The NSA 702 Upstream. Mission of the intelligence community has morphed, giving them more data collecting authority, all with the blessing of this court. There's a dragnet of surveillance now in place. Where everyone's electronic communications are stored for 72 hours everyone's and everything. All the devices in your home that could potentially spy on you. These devices include Amazon's Echo, Google Home, network video games, smart TVs, Facebook Live, laptop Skype cameras, home security cameras, baby monitors, and internet-connected appliances like Samsung's new family hub refrigerator that has web-connected cameras inside. Anyone accessing this database has to log in and log out, which would be noticeable by anyone with oversight, leaving only one possibility, the Inspector General of the NSA. Hello. I'm Rob Storch, and I'm honored to serve as the Inspector General at the National Security Agency. Who just happens to be the person who allegedly received the whistleblower complaint that kicked off the impeachment inquiry. Another thing we do that's really critical is we keep not only the head of the agency, but also the Congress as the people's representatives timely informed regarding what we're finding in the agencies. And that's really critical for Congress to enable it to carry out its constitutional oversight and legislative functions. But to understand how the IG of the NSA is implicated in providing intelligence to Schiff absent any whistleblower, we must first understand how the FISA court was allowing illicitly obtained NSA 702 upstream over collection in the first place. As soon as we began diving into the presiding judge of the FISA court, Judge Rosemary Collier, who was instrumental in facilitating extensive over-collection from the NSA 702 upstream, our computers and phones were hacked, installed with malware, and blocked via proxy servers from gaining access to the internet, specifically our source material for this report, while our phones began taking on a life of their own. You only get flack when you're over the target. 
By the time we got our computers cleaned up and our phones acting relatively normal again, Inspector Horowitz had testified in the Senate. We are here at the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing where Michael Horowitz has been testifying. And they've just been spying on the president, lying right before the Senate. I mean, I didn't have much anticipations or expectations for Horowitz, given that he's an Obama holdover. The presiding judge of the FISA court had issued a condemning letter about the FBI's misuse of the FISA court. But I knew better. This was the beginning of a cover-up. But to understand the cover-up, we have to travel back in time where the chapter of the story began. The main reason they were going through the FISA warrant initially was to go back historically and seize all his emails and texts and all that stuff from back months and even years. So they were covering the period that he was in the campaign, and that's exactly the reason they went for the FISA, to get that stuff. The answer to the question about whether that was just some misguided effort or a plot is how did it all start? And that's why you see John Durham looking back at the efforts and the actions of people like Jim Comey and John Brennan to look and see, did this start before the official crossfire hurricane date of July 31st? I've seen classified documents that indicates that it did. In 2016, I had directed our Office of Compliance, let's do a fundamental baseline review of compliance associated with 702. September 26, 2016. Collier realizes that since late 2014 through early 2015, there was over-collection of data. John Carlin, former head of the National Security Division, submits his certification, Section 702, and then resigns. We were doing queries unknowingly to the operator in a handful of situations. Um, against U.S. persons, and I just said, hey, that is not in accordance with the intent of the law. Obama knows that within 30 days, if the NSA can't fix the over-collection problem by either dumping data or justifying it, the FISA court will order the IG of the NSA to investigate. So what does Obama do? He makes the IG of the NSA a presidential appointment rather than an appointment by the director of the NSA. New rules to the game. And as the first presidentially appointed Senate-confirmed IG here at the NSA, I am committed to transparency in the work of our office. In October, right before the FISA warrant for Carter Page is signed, the NSA asks FISA for an extension until December 2016, citing errors and a matter of national security. At the end of October, I think it was something like the 26th of October, and we informed the court we have a compliance issue here and we're concerned that there's an underlying uh, issue with the technical solution we put in place. We told the court we we're going to need some period of time to work our way through that. The court granted us that time in, ex in return. The court also said we will allow you to continue 702 under the 16 authorizations, but we will not, will not reauthorize 17 until you show us that you have addressed this. November 30th, 2016, Obama nominates Robert Storch, who was working as deputy IG of the DOJ under Horowitz at the time. I'm Rob Storch, deputy inspector general for the U.S. Department of Justice. During the transition period from the Obama administration into the Trump administration. In April 2017, Storch, as deputy IG of DOJ, is offered a job by Ukraine to uncover corruption. 
Trump's people at the time, you know, all those swamp creatures he fired, had Trump nominate Storch as IG of the NSA, to which he was quickly confirmed. What they did essentially was create a way through now presidential appointed IG of the NSA office to hide their continued spying of President Trump. It's the same at work. At NSA, it's up to you to report what you reasonably believe to be evidence of wrongdoing using authorized channels, which include the office of the NSA inspector general. Are you starting to see the trap that was set up for the president? It was only after Horowitz's report came out that Judge Collier rebuked the FBI in a total CYA move. However, this entire charade is a smokescreen to draw attention away from the fact that the relevant spying on the Trump campaign and now administration was occurring through over-collection, not the bogus Steele dossier. The Steele dossier is a cover story to hide the over-collection problem that is scheduled to go on until March of 2020. How the heck is Trump and his team supposed to go after the deep state while they're spying on him? Because the 702 upstream data collection system has gone rogue. Why do we have global private security firms that are operating in Beijing and Washington and Baghdad at the same time? And, and this is an entirely taxpayer-fueled ent entity. And everyone's entire collection of electronic communications are now accessible by an international intelligence consortium created by the retired spy chiefs globally yes you global strategies group but we will come back to you soon enough a lot of this is done in a very hidden ways a very murky world we had to sift through a lot of corporate records to find this corporate structure to figure out that global strategies group for example is uh, registered in luxembourg not in england uh in their subsidiaries of subsidiaries some of these companies are spun out go public go private again uh it's kind of hard to keep track of them and therefore they're easily lost in the shuffle that might be an advantage right if you're in the intelligence mm -hmm. game what I'm demonstrating is not only is there a rogue source of intelligence, but there is another source of intelligence, something further in the background than the NSA, than the GSG, that hasn't been made public yet, that I can neither confirm or deny, that my source and the president may be working through to take down the deep state. Remember when President Eisenhower warned about the military-industrial complex? In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists. We must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific, technological elite. You don't think he may have set up something else in secret to monitor them, do you? On August 31st, 1960, Secretary of the Air Force Dudley Sharp, on orders from President Eisenhower, established the Office of Missile and Satellite Systems to direct the Air Force Satellite Reconnaissance Program officially established the management arrangements for the National Reconnaissance Program, which consolidated space and aerial reconnaissance projects under a covert National Reconnaissance Office. They are silent sentinels. 
They look and listen from the cold reaches of space. They capture signals and images critical to America's intelligence community, and much more. They are the satellites of the National Reconnaissance Office. America's eyes and ears in space. Which is why President Bill Clinton had them declassified in 1999. But what the deep state didn't know then, but has probably figured out now, that declassification didn't capture all of it. Why do you think Space Force has emerged in the middle of all of this? Are you ready for some of the biggest information drops? Are you ready for President Trump's Christmas present and New Year's resolution? Stay tuned, there is more to come. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so um, I'm just, I was like getting chills watching that. Now, obviously, <clears throat> when it comes to like uh, a warfare and stuff like that, especially this irregular warfare, there is no set timetable. So uh, this was, uh, this was uh, a year ago, you know, that's prior to what happened during the 2020 elections. That's prior to um, all of that, uh, you know, the coup and everything that went on. But they were right there letting us know that Eisenhower did, in fact, set up um, another agency hidden, uh, classified, you know, that was going to monitor the military industrial complex and was doing so since 1961. So they've been watching these guys the whole time. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, oh, like, what is this? Okay. So, all right. So we're going to watch a second part. So that was an introduction. Now that's why that whole thing I had a very lengthy introduction where, uh, you know, Millie Weaver was basically laying out how they have rogue intelligence that's happening or these agencies like the NSA and all of them are collecting data. They're using satellites, all that good stuff, all that bad stuff. But that was to let us know that further in the back, the good guys have been watching and how it all adds up to this point in time, uh, why they allowed everything to happen the way it happened up until this point in time, I couldn't tell you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not privy to a lot of this information, um, but, um, it, I mean, it, it, that's saying something. Like, this was the birth of, you know, Space Force. Uh, that's why he had this new uh, branch of the military that was basically untouched by any other branch which could have been usurped by the United Nations or any other outfit like that or any other charter or treaty or whatever agreement that these people make uh, that they could basically control our armed forces if they wanted to. But uh, yeah, that is basically that. Now, we're going to watch the second video um, and then we'll be wrapping up the C-Report for today. This one... Oh, that's some alliteration. Uh, consonants, guys. Consonants. All right. Uh, this is the second part. It's about 15, 16 minutes or so. Um, and it goes into furthermore what the NRO does, how it operates, how they do that through Space Force and through President Trump. Really good information, if you ask me. Um, so let's go ahead and get that beautiful bean footage a rolling. Did you catch President Trump's New Year's resolution or did you miss it? Ignition, lift 
While New York was posturing with China and the European Union during the New Year's celebration, a major game change was about to take place, derailing something that has been in place for a very long time. Stage separation confirmed. And there is stage separation and second engine start. You can see that second engine on your right screen. The declassification of the NRO in 1999 revealed a back channel that gave the executive branch additional protections from potential coup operations stemming from the intelligence community. A hidden chain of command within the intelligence community and continuity of government structure at the president's disposal. 9-11 allowed a separate chain of command to set up, creating a more formidable deep state shadow government built around perpetual continuity of government national emergencies. We take the continuity of government issue very seriously. I have an obligation as the president, my administration has an obligation to the American people to, put, to provide, put measures in place that should somebody be successful in an attack in Washington, D.C., there's an ongoing government. Within this shadow government chain of command is the alternative command and control that is carrying out a coup against President Trump. Other agencies, some within the intelligence community, are part of a counter-coup operation. The deep state is aligned with globalization, the European Union, and certain other union deals with China, Russia, and the rest of the world. The counter-coup operation is protecting America First policies, seeing globalization as a threat to American sovereignty. Operatives like John Brennan work towards globalization by merging national interests into international interests, merging intelligence gathering from a national security interest into an international interest, outsourcing national intelligence to a privatized intelligence syndicate of overseas corporations. Insert Global Strategies Group. This shadow government would also have to have mechanisms, coups, assassinations, impeachments, etc. to protect itself in the event a real president gets elected and tries to eliminate or dismantle the deep state. For the president to get around the coup, for a counter coup to be successful, an alternative chain of command had to be set up. Notice Trump's staying in Mar-a-Lago? Notice the White House has been being redecorated, a little debugging perhaps. And then there was this. Tension rounds released and payload deploy confirmed. Oh yeah, the day before World War III was supposedly breaking out, Space Force launched a curious payload that coincidentally went directly over Ukraine, Turkey, and Iraq. Of all places, just hours before the Iranian missile attack launched. For President Trump to get around the deep state coup operation, he had to create Space Force, a public face to a more OG back channel designed to protect the interests of the United States and the president from the intelligence community, AKA swamp creature number one. Not only was there a perceived versus actual situation versus a continuity of government alternative situation, but an even deeper than that magical situation.
Several tells exist in the public that point this out. 17 intelligence agencies supposedly signed off on the 2016 Russia election interference story. We have 17, 17 intelligence agencies, civilian and military, who have all concluded that these espionage attacks, these cyber attacks come from the highest levels of the Kremlin and they are designed to influence our election. This turned out to be false, and the mainstream media had to issue retractions and fire people, remember? As you know, the IC was a coordinated product from three agencies, CIA, NSA, and the FBI, not all 17 components of the intelligence community. Only the CIA, FBI, and NSA went along with this Russia election interference story. Not to forget, these same three agencies also went along with the false yellow cake excuse to go to war with Iraq. Remember that one? Saddam Hussein recently sought significant quantities of uranium from Africa. We know it was a danger. First, if there really was foreign interference in the election, then why didn't the Department of State's Bureau of Intelligence and Research provide a footnote? Second, why wasn't the Defense Intelligence Agency involved? Why wasn't the National Intelligence Council involved? All of these are signs that there was nothing there. By the way, the FBI is not an intelligence agency. They really are law enforcement, so only two intelligence agencies were actually involved in the Russia collusion story, the CIA and the NSA. If the Russia collusion story was real, there would have been footnotes from every intelligence agency involved. And since we don't have any footnotes, well, we know it's fake. But if it's fake, why didn't the other 15 intelligence agencies make public statements? Because they would have had to unmask themselves to do so. Most of these other agencies gather information only, not conduct law enforcement. So if the DOJ has its hands tied up or is corrupt, then all these guys can do is sit with their mouths shut watching everything happen in slow motion with their top secret Q clearances caught in a wedge. Hence, Space Force. By creating an additional branch of the military, Trump now has remedy, and it sure has pissed off the establishment. Today, we'll make history. When we walk down, when the managers walk down the hall, we'll cross a threshold in history delivering articles of impeachment against the President of the United States for abuse of power and obstruction of the House. I said the President has a New Year's resolution, a resolution to our Middle East problem. President Trump is a great dealmaker uh, by his own account and, and many others. Let's, let's work together to replace the JCPOA okay. and get the Trump Instead. To set up a new back channel in the Middle East, the Trump administration had to remove the old ones that stood in the way, those that played a key role in laundering U.S. foreign aid, those that supplied weapons to proxies, terrorists, and militant groups, those that help Iran get around sanctions, and those that were a threat to U.S. personnel, allies, and assets. Then, 
it started. At the Internet Intel Group of Oracle, he commented, he said that this was something that he hadn't seen before, saying that this was arguably the largest of ever event for Iran when it comes to Internet dropping. There was an interesting Internet blackout cutting off certain intelligence assets in the region from being able to use the Internet. Cloudflare, they noted their own data and they said that it shut down progressively by service providers on November 16th. Usually, like, you know, me personally, I use WhatsApp or, you know, even Skype, some of these other apps like Viber, but all of these apps are not, you know, people can't access them right now. Forcing them to use satellite communications. Then the internet came back on with new security protocols set up, aka the deep state just got cut off from communication with local operations because some you know what was about to kick off. New Year's Eve, thousands of pro-Iran protesters stormed the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. The next day, Iraqi forces, along with U.S. Marines, worked together to secure the area and disperse the protest. On Thursday night, General Qasem Soleimani, a high-profile Iranian general, is killed by a U.S. airstrike at Baghdad International Airport. Soleimani led the Quds Force under Iran's Revolutionary Guard, which is widely believed to support terrorist groups. This is why the media, some Democrats, and some hawkish Republicans escalated the public response to the situation with hysteria, believing that either World War III was about to kick off as a result of Trump killing Soleimani, or that the U.S. needed to retaliate militarily to Iran's missile attack. There will be a revenge, there will be a harsh revenge. But when and how and aimed at which targets? And the White House? We will respond. Amid the escalating tensions, the U.S. is deploying thousands more troops the deep state knew they were about to lose control of their assets in Iran and that Trump was setting up a new back channel that excluded their intelligence networks. Chuck Schumer aides tell me he didn't get a heads up about this before it happened, neither did other top leaders. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi condemned the president's actions. And all of this is unfolding in the middle of the debate over the president's impeachment trial in the Senate. The president wanted to distract from his impending impeachment with a military strike taking on a quote-unquote bad guy in the Middle East. We're just getting reports now that a second wave of rocket, rocket attacks have been launched. We're just getting a statement from Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps saying that it, it has hit the U.S. Uh, Ain al-Assad air base in Iraq. He was saying that Ayatollah Khamenei, the supreme leader of this country, was in the control center coordinating these attacks with what they described as tens of missiles. This according to Press TV, an urgent banner on Iranian television. 30 U.S. soldiers have been killed in this attack. Now, this is not confirmed. This is just coming from Iranian media. We could be on the brink of a major conflict across the Middle East. But we have just uh, stepped over the precipice, Chris. Uh, we have entered a very unpredictable time. We have to see what the response is going to be from the United States. This is Wag the Dog right in front of our faces, right? But then one of our really good sources got a hold of us and we watched the hysteria unfold on Twitter as something else magical appeared to happen in the background. Apparently these are old photos. Look at all these missiles that didn't detonate. Hmm. We happened to be watching live time the flight tracker in the area, noting that at the same time as the alleged missile attack, there was also a lot of air traffic along the Iranian-Iraqi border. What the heck? 
How could World War III be breaking out, missiles flying everywhere, U.S. troops being deployed, people dying everywhere? Meanwhile, international flights are unimpeded? Come on. We're just getting a statement from Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Wag the dog much, CNN? Notice this big X marks a spot, no-go zone in the middle? Our attention was drawn to an aircraft that stood out. For the first time tonight, this. What appears to be the moment that 737 is hit by a missile. The American intelligence community is confident, a U.S. official confirms to ABC, that Iran turned on a radar aimed at the jetliner, which would guide anti-aircraft missiles from a mobile launcher. A U.S. satellite then captured the firing of two missiles at the 737, which was less than 5,000 feet off the ground. The warheads of those missiles would explode near the aircraft, blowing into bits of shrapnel that would pierce the aircraft in multiple locations. The evidence indicates that the plane was shot down by an Iranian surface-to-air missile. We were given a list of passengers aboard the aircraft. Our attention was drawn to several names of individuals who worked with a particular company, very similar to Global Strategies Group. In Tetix, outsourcing operations during political instability, current business climate in Ukraine, and beyond. Wow, based on this company's online profile, they were the perfect people for managing the kind of crisis that was unfolding and the kind of continued crisis, one that would have gone expected had the situation gone the way the media said it was. Oh wait, the plane they were on happened to be shot down by the IRGC. So I guess we will never know why so many Canadian, Ukrainian, Iranian dissidents, private intelligence assets, field operators, and contractors were fleeing on a flight to the Ukraine so quickly after a failed attempt by someone at escalating a war between Iran and the United States. I don't know about you, but I don't think I'd be hopping onto an aircraft, going to Ukraine of all places, fleeing a war zone right after missiles were being launched. Just saying. Unless you knew if you stuck around, they were likely going to find out that you were behind something nefarious and you needed to get out of Dodge. Right? I mean, if staying was worse than trying to flee, <laughs> then maybe you'd want to flee during a missile launch. Needless to say, when the smoke cleared, the Iranians wanted to de-escalate and declared their retaliation over. A straight-up white flag for all intent and purposes. DEFCOM and other military command centers tweeted out to ignore the hysteria. Iran was no longer a threat, and we were at DEFCOM level 5. It was as though the whole thing was a drill. And, in a way, it was because it allowed us to see who the real fake news media was. This is Wag the Dog right in front of our face, right? But it also served as cover while a new command and control system was set up. The way we found this out, we'll never tell anybody because it was magical and we're not going to compromise it. And the deep state shadow government was cut off from its biggest Middle East proxy. Iran. There's anger at the government on the streets in Tehran. Pockets of protest after Iran's military admitted it accidentally shot down a civilian plane. 
Remember, I'm listener-supported, so please go to InfoWarsStore.com. Okay, we'll pause it there, because Millie Weaver is no longer with InfoWars.com, in case you guys were not aware. (laughs) And uh, we don't support that shill here at the C-Report. Okay, let's not call him a shill, because that's like industry term, right? We'll call him uh, controlled opposition, or wait, he doesn't oppose us per se. Yeah. What are you going to call it? Anyway, shill. All right. So that was, (laughs) that was a pretty interesting uh, report there by Millie Weaver. And, um, okay. So to really, uh, we'll put that back on the screen, I guess, to really, to get the gist of like, cause what they were showing you in that one was how the fake news media like MSNBC and CNN were orchestrating this war on television and it wasn't even happening there in Iran. Now there was a lot of unrest. There was a lot of stuff going on over there, but this third world war with all these missiles and military going out was not even happening as they showed you guys by the flight uh, paths that were happening at the same time that the supposed world war was kicking off. Right? So that was a big hoax. But at the same time, also, uh, the plane that did get shot down, did you notice how many Canadians were on that plane? Now, that's the benefit of the Canadians. I think they're totally underestimated, but you will never see them coming because of that. Or the Chinese armies that apparently they have amassing in their camps or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know about Canadians. Anyways, okay, so that's the show for tonight, guys. Now, this was, again, the two... I mean, let me me get the topic back up here on the screen for y'all. We were talking about secret government and military operations. Uh, So we looked at Signature Reduction, and then we looked at the NRO, the National Reconnaissance uh, Office. Um, So that one, again, created in 1960 by Eisenhower to monitor the activities of the deep state. So they've been watching them this whole time, which is how, like, uh, you saw that, you saw that limp wrist Lindsey Graham saying it was magical. So we're not going to tell, well, thank goodness he didn't leak that information, right? Um, But uh, um, I don't know. So knowing those things and then uh, seeing the way everything's happening is why I project things out to be... Uh, as Trump has already won, as America has already won, it's just in any type of, of warfare, whether it's a regular, kinetic, traditional, there are no timetables, y'all. Uh, there are no timetables. And the deep state, the globalists have been at this for probably more than a century, okay? And the American people in mass have just started to wake up in the last five to ten years. Great awakening to me was, you know, the Trump, the Trump years. Uh, to me, that was a great awakening because you did not have 80 million people turning out like that. You did not have the Amish coming off the mountain to come vote. You know what I mean? Like, when the Amish come to town you know something's up, okay? (laughs) And they're waving Trump flags on their stagecoaches and stuff like that, like something is up. So, um, you know, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. That's why I don't easily black pill um, and and I don't go in that direction because at the end of the day, uh, for the, the people who've been working so hard on the front lines of the information war, whether that is people like Millie Weaver, you know, or, or Tori says, or individuals like that, you know, our, our thoughts, our prayers, our hope 
gives them strength and then also our actions. So that's, again, why I'm saying like, you know, a kind of a theme that I've been running with since I've been on the air since February is that it is going to boil back down to us actually getting back into it, waking up. You know, you guys probably all saw that one um, concerned parent that just reamed the school board that that they did when she was just yelling at them about defunding the police and how could they do that? And she's like, I'll be back. I'll be your worst nightmare. That kind of stuff, you know, um, not only being vocal, but also being active. I think there was a show on the other night that uh, I was like, yes, this uh, one, one, uh, one, one speaker had it down that was talking about us getting back involved and giving a damn, you know, and not just checking out. Well, we got to check back in. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's our civic duty, I guess you could say. I don't know. They didn't teach civics when I was in school. So that's interesting stuff. But there you go, guys. Signature reduction and operation military for the bad guys. And then you have, of course, the NRO and Space Force who are actively working against the deep state and the globalists. And I think they're still working, honestly. I don't think that it ever stopped. Um, but we'll see what happens. We have the Arizona audits to look forward to. Uh, we have the rest of the states coming into audit. Uh, I mean, I think once these things start to come, they're already coming to light. But once they're tangible, because they're already within our reach. But once we have our hands on them, I think things are going to move very fast, ladies and gentlemen. That's just my assessment. Don't take my word for it. Read the book. Okay, guys. All right. This is Mr. C signing out. Oh, wait. Before I forget, I need to also release... I need to release the lotto ticket. Um, and I'd like to also uh, thank... Um, let's see here. Uh, Blonde Blue Lady Q. Okay. I'm just going to say this real quick. Babs the Ice Queen. Um, I, I trust Tori. So, but but that's not a conversation for here or there. Uh, Blonde Blue Lady Ice Q... Blonde Blue Lady Q, thank you for your gifts um, of, of the... And we talked about Tori during Shadowgate, Babs, just in case. So if you want to... Uh, if you if We can even have an offline conversation about that if you'd like. I wouldn't mind it. Um, but we talked about Tori during the Shadowgate um, watch party that we did. Uh, and I just have to... I just have to address it. That we did um, about two weeks ago. Um, but, you know, I'm always open up to everyone's ideas, opinions, and input, especially Especially if you have good information, I'm always open to discussing it. And I would never discount anyone's opinions or beliefs just at face. You know what I'm saying? So I don't mean to disrespect you by saying that, but I just do want to let you know, hey, we can chat about it. Uh, but okay. And then also Napkinator, we also had a we also had a gift of shades in there. There was, I think maybe it was Napkinator twice. I missed it, but we'll catch it on the recap, ladies and gentlemen. But in the meantime, um, I will talk with you guys later. Y'all have a great Friday evening and, uh, y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on the C report next week on Monday. All right, wait, that's president Trump's birthday. All right. We'll see you guys on president Trump's birthday till then. Y'all have a great evening. Thank you guys. Have a great night. I love you all. Stay safe. Thank you.